The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. And here at the end of the year, and let me just throw this out there, who would you rather be, the Detroit Lions or the Giants? Giants, bad taste in your mouth at the end of this one. Lions, awesome offseason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yes, how we always react to the immediate. I mean, our your season was over two weeks ago. We yeah. were happy for a week, yeah. very happy, which I think trumps everything we right were there. so happy <laughs> you Aaron were so Rogers, happy get out of there we've been partying for like three weeks now good. yep that's good hey nothing like you guys <laughs> the number two team in the <laughs> nfc north division we'll hang up a banner you guys can be like the colts <laughs> we were in the upper yeah. half of the upper half of yeah. the NFC North. <laughs> We've got a lot of banners. Like the Vikings. The Vikings can be 11-0 in the regular season in one-score games. That's yeah, a banner that they right, get to hang. Right. We get to be yeah, upper half of the NFC North. Right. Uh, next to the banner that we had from last year, our former quarterback won the Super Bowl. Yeah, damn. Right. The Detroit Rams. Flags, flags fly forever. Flags are flying out of Detroit. They fly you forever. guys are hanging banners. Man, you guys are you're like, the 90s, <laughs> you're like the 90s bulls over there. Hey, what was this? I heard that you were talking with a Florio. And you're yeah. floating an idea out there. About you know Tom Brady, the speculation. Oh. What's he going to do? Is he going to retire? Is he going to? He's he's telling his uh, podcast co-host Jim Gray to f off. I guess <laughs> I know, that was awesome. <laughs> it really was. I love Brady when he gets like that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, we were go just, to the Lions. We were speculating. Okay, and then just the one thing I was trying to make sense, like clear to to Mike a little bit. You know, because he was talking about love of the game and all that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he loves the game, but like, he he's not going to the Houston Texans next year. Okay, <laughs> he didn't love the game that much, right? That's where I think, like, yeah. he's going to go to a team, you know, because I hear all these teams thrown out, and, like, some of them I just want to go, what? Like, Brady, which will probably be his last year if he comes back, he's going to pick a team to go, oh, I think we can get to 500. Mm -hmm. I think we'll get to the wild card round. I want to come back and risk my 48-year-old body to get to the wild card, 46-year-old. 48? I know, yeah, sorry, out of a few mean, years. Hey. And I was just trying to make the point. He's only going to go somewhere where the setup is, you know, like he had when he left New England and went to Tampa. And so you think the Detroit Lions well, have that Well, I just setup. threw one of those teams out there to go like, you know, again, uh, they were one of the – I threw some other ones. I'll yep. hit it on it too. But just Detroit with the great offensive line. You can run the ball. Yep. The, the offense is set up, right, like we've talked about. And I wasn't trying to disrespect Jared Goff. He's done a great job and all of that. We know the defense needs to get better. But I was just trying to say that. He's not going to go to somewhere where they're like, well, yeah, if you guys get two or three linemen in free agency, and then, yeah, it should be pretty good, and that receiver, oh, wait, I signed to the team and we didn't get those? Oh, shit. He's going to go somewhere 
you know, again, I, that's where I even, I even was like, I, it's going to go to a team that's like stacked. It makes sense. You know, My I want to say Lions. San Francisco, but uh, you know, I mean, of course it doesn't look that way, but the way Brock Purdy is and playing and all that, yeah. but something of that nature is what yeah, I was yeah. trying to say. Right. We don't, we don't need, we don't need that negativity. We don't need the, the you don't F- want to shake up your QB room. I actually no. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to do that. I, I, I think you. Jared Goff played. Let's build on that. Let's go forward. Played well right. enough. Instead of d- disrupting it and then going, wait, now we need to find a quarterback again. That it's year. not a clear upgrade in my mind. Right? I, hear you. I hear it might you. even be a downgrade. Yeah. I, Brady can really still throw the ball. Yeah. He just has to be protected. You know, people bearing down on him, about to hit him. Yeah, you're right. I probably would take Jared Goff. Pocket clean, I'm taking Brady. Hmm. Brady's throwing is still top notch. That's where I really am I'm amazed by him. I do think Jared Goff became a leader in that clubhouse I hear this you. past year, too. I hear you. So right. I, I just don't want to mess with it. Don't yeah. mess with it. Jared. Tom gotcha. Brady, go play for someone else. Go find your own team. But the Dolphins, again, a team yeah. like that. That's what I mean. A team that we're all looking at to go. You think he's going to find a spot? I don't I, know. I know. Earlier this year, I, or the, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking, like, what if that perfect spot where it lines up I, that's where I don't know doesn't either. pan right? out? Right? What if it doesn't happen? Right? You know? I mean, I know we all connect them to the Raiders a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, okay, well, they've. They got some pieces, and we know the coaches and all that. Is the defense ready? I, I know. I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm with, with you there. If it's not the right spot, I don't think he just comes back to come back. And we'll see. I certainly, like six weeks ago, have been like, this is it. It's over. And here we are now. I'm going, I, I don't know. I, you know I don't, it still seems like it's on the fence here. Well, he would not come back to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. They don't need him. Not a good enough uh, offensive line for Tom Brady. So, sorry, Bengals. You're not getting into the Brady sweepstakes. Uh, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs might, actually. Yeah. They, might, they would have a chance because that offensive line is pretty good. We're getting into what the F will happen. Right. In uh, conference championship weekend, we'll go through the two games. You've looked at a lot of film. Yep. You've looked at film from the divisional games. Yeah. You've looked at some film from week 13 yep. when the Chiefs played the Bengals. Uh, we'll get to the NFC game, 49ers and Eagles. There are so many questions in all these games. Yeah. I cannot wait to pick They're your great brain matchups. about. Um, let's start in the AFC, though. And let's start with the Bengals. And let's start with, with week 13. Because yeah. I think the big storyline going into the game, obviously, is Patrick Mahomes is going to have to be a different Patrick Mahomes. Right. He's going to have to be more of a pocket-passing Patrick Mahomes. Right. Um, and you said maybe he had one of his best, if not the best, year in the pocket this year. Yes. What about week 13? So let's yeah. go back there first. Let's yeah. go Bengals defense, Chiefs offense. Week 13, did Patrick Mahomes, and of course this is a game where the – Cincinnati Bengals won, but it yeah. was close. It was very close. Chiefs scored 24. Yeah. Was it a game where Patrick Mahomes was able to operate in the pocket, pick him apart, or was it a game where he needed to utilize his scrambling ability? You know, I, I will say, um, you know, scrambling ability, not a ton. Had one three-man rush where he bought a ton of time. He threw a great throw down the field, right? And it got called back because of an illegal man downfield. The lineman was downfield. Okay. Now – like, so running around, scrambling, maybe running for 10, 15-yard gains, running outside the pocket, setting up, and then doing the things we see him do all the time, right? Get out of trouble, now set up, or he's kind of shuffling as he's doing it, backpedaling, and then doing that. I, I, I don't think we'd see him much of that, even if he was at, at full strength. Mm-hmm. I don't think we would. Now, where he's going to be need to be good, and again, we hit on this on Monday because we, we talked about Cincinnati. Cincinnati understands like all the things Coach Dungy or Bill Belichick have taught over the years and how to rush a mobile quarterback. You know, they, Watching that game back against the Bills and everything, they do everything the right way. 
So they're good at keeping you in there. And then, two, Ahmed, what they're good at is they don't run past the quarterback like we've talked about, right? Let's not have a defense end just run by him, right? And then yeah. it's, oh, whoa, we got a huge gap here, and he can just slowly move out to the right or left and find wide-open people. They don't go past the quarterback. The other thing they're really good at, Hendrickson and Hubbard, is like – if you're the tackle and I'm Hendrickson and the quarterback's in there, let's say you're the right tackle, right? I'm the left defense end. They make sure they keep the outside arm free. So then they they push the pocket. They don't pass the quarterback and they keep the outside arm free. So why? As soon as he breaks, they can go, wait, I can get out there and I got an arm reaching already and it makes it hard. The movement is going to come in handy within the pocket. That's where I think it's going to be crucial that he can move a little bit because the Bengals, as we've talked about, are phenomenal in pass defense. They're phenomenal. And in games like this, I think they're even better because they just get more specific. They take a few more chances because it's the playoffs and it's win or go home. And that, to me, is where he's going to have to be good. Can he move around and slide in the pocket to go, wait, nobody's open, nobody's open. Hey, you got to move a little because this guy's coming open. Okay, boom, you throw it, right? you got to shuffle this way and just avoid this guy. Get back in the throwing position. Here comes the in-cut to Kelsey. But that's where it'll be important. I don't think his scrambling or running, even if 100%, was going to have a huge effect on this football game. Yeah. Now, the other part of this is that's off of that, though, because you saw my notes, right? And what was the one thing even back in week 13, and I think I even wrote in, in these notes too, is just that, like, the normal offense didn't do much, right? Right. You know, the normal drop back, the plays we see Mahomes be surgical with and operate and go down the field, those plays, they were not there on a consistent basis. And that first matchup, and we said this at the time, it was the run game, it was screens, it was speed sweeps, it was screens to the receivers. That was really the best thing they had going in that football game. Yeah, and yeah. then there was a little, you know, a little smattering of dropback passes. But that was really where they gained a lot of their yards and put a lot of their drives together. It wasn't the typical, you know, Mahomes like we saw against the Jaguars on the first drive where you just went, whoa, I mean, he's moving, he's throwing, and everything's going, and it's clicking, and it's all through the pass game. It wasn't that way. They struggled in that department. And to me, it's probably one of the reasons they started to go, wait, we got to even dive more into the run game with this Pacheco thing. So I'm glad we're starting with this because this is probably the linchpin of the game. Uh, You mentioned you have a lot of respect for what the Bengals do as a pass defense yeah. they're even tougher if they can drop eight guys back there exactly. and get some pressure with three guys right. i think we have a graphic that illustrates what patrick mahomes has done versus the bengals when they are rushing three so yeah. in the afc championship game last year he was seven of 14 no touchdowns just 72 yards so not a whole lot of damage sacked four times with a three-man rush right. and then week 13 a three-man rush just did a handful of times he was one of four just completed that six-yard pass and was sacked one time. Again, so the Bengals have been effective at getting to him, even with this Chiefs offensive line, which is pretty good, um, with just a three-man rush, and that could be huge. It definitely is. I would say do that. this Chiefs offensive line, I think, is playing as good as it's ever played, so this it won't be as easy for three to get there this time, nor four either. I don't. But, yeah, the beauty of what the Bengals do here, too, and where it's hard because you go, well, wait, it's a three-man rush. They should be able to do little things. Again, most of the times they wait for it's an obvious passing situation, so the run game is not really a third and 12, third and eight. You know, you'd like to, oh, okay, if I definitely knew they were going to rush three, maybe you take a chance on third and five or third and six, you do that. 
but they usually don't do it until down in distances where they know, like, okay, the, the draw or some cute run is out of the realm of calling the play here. All right? So uh, then the other aspect of it is, is just what are they going to play like we talked about even last year? It's there's so many variations, so it's hard to call a play. Hey, if I knew they were going to drop eight and it was always either Tampa two or cover three, sure, we could package some plays together and figure that out. But it's all over the place. It's sometimes man with guys just sitting there playing the middle and waiting for crossers. Then it's, you know, a quarters coverage with an extra guy. And then it's a two-man guy with a, a spy. And then it's, you know, and then it's cover three on the whole field, except they put um, Flowers, number 33, man-to-man on Kelsey. So there we got seven guys playing cover three zone, and all of a sudden it's man-to-man on just one guy. So it's hard to figure out, wait, what's the list of plays we go to here to attack it? You made a really good, interesting point in your notes, too, on not all defenses do that and can do that well and can do that successfully, play multiple defenses, not have a busted coverage. You had a theory maybe why the Bengals' defense is able to do that. You said, you know, because they go against this Bengals' offense in practice, it's, OTAs. It's, it's a little – and, you know, I know we'll flip over to that side of the ball in a minute, but yeah. it's a little, I think, because of that. As I was sitting there and going, because I'm also, you know, watching the other side of the film and all that, but I'm going, yeah, they understand that we can't just line up in the same things – or these good offensive coordinators, offensive coaches, and quarterbacks are just going to get to the plays that make sense there. So they change it up. you know. And within changing it up, yeah, you give a play up here and there. right? That's why their defense isn't maybe top five in football or top ten in football. But it's conducive to playoff football when the breakdowns are even more intense and the players and their, their uh, you know, study habits during the week and the practice and everything's more intense and scrutinized and detailed and, and coaches will take a chance here and there because they know it's win or go home. But, yeah, I think that's probably an aspect of they learn that lesson, you know, the hard way. Whereas probably in camp they were going, man, we're having a Tampa 2 day and they're just picking it apart. Yeah. We can't just play Tampa 2 against Joe Burrow. Yeah. And then the next day, I think he probably toyed with it that way. But that's where they're very hard to get a feel for, especially when they get you in those passing situations. And that's where they have to be careful in this football game. You know, they're awesome when they just – if you just let them worry about pass, and you're not going to beat the Bengals. And that's, again, where running game – Staying in some more third and threes and third and fours. So then, oh, you want to rush three? Well, maybe we do run it up the middle. Oh, you want to rush three? Maybe we throw a little screen to the slot receiver here and just get a few people to kick out and we get a five, eight-yard gain, right? First down, great. That's where it's going to be like staying in front of the chains will be important to their football team uh, because you don't want Mahomes sitting back there having to dance around and and do all that on the bum ankle. So let's touch on that. Do you you think they're they're going to be able to do that? Because if you look at what the Bills were or were not able to do in the running game last week, just 19 carries, 63 yards. Now that may speak more to the Buffalo Bills and a lack of a – Running game. Again. Exactly. I think so. Right. Because, because there's more to defend with this offense than the Bills. That's we, for sure. We saw it with Pacheco. Right. First time they played, they right. were able to do that effectively, even with DJ Reader in uh, the game for exactly. the Bengals. So right. I guess that's the question. They're going to need to be able to run the ball. Are they going to be able to do that? I think they will. I think they will be able to run the ball. It's just how effective, how much will they run the ball? 
You know, I, I don't don't doubt the effect of what this injury has on the O-line. You know, again, we, we know this. We've talked about this, right, a lot during the human psychology of football. Right, you know how we always talk about in the Super Bowl, right, when they play a, a great quarterback and a great offense, the D linemen all week are like, all they're being told is, if you guys can't get there, we can't win the game. You guys got to be like rabid dogs. And so by the time the game's coming around, they're like, fucking, they're ready to go. They're like caged animals. Yeah. Well, the reverse of that is what we're going to see this week. Or they're going to have a week, and the coach is going to go, hey, our fucking guy is not right. He's carried us and won us a lot of fucking games this year and the year before and the year before, right, and the year before. Let's, start, let's carry him a little this week. All right? Let's, and, and, and guys do rise to the occasion like that. I wouldn't be surprised to see them break out a few run plays that we haven't seen them do before because they're going to go, wait, we need a little more in this department, not only because of the Bengals but because of our quarterback. Yep. And I think a lot of this offensive line, and they've gotten better in this department since week 13, right? The Chiefs have gotten better as a football team. The Bengals have too, and I don't want to disregard that, but that's where it's an awesome matchup. I don't think these teams are quite the same as they were in 13. I think they were both like kind of on an upward trajectory like a real Super Bowl team should be and continuing to get better, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where it will be. And, and then again, to, to the point you just made with the Bills too, I have a hard time thinking that the three is going to get there in two seconds like it did against the Bills. This O-line is very good. I'd be shocked if they don't protect them really well and – you know, have a few tricks or things ready for the Bengals' defense. The other thing that jumped out to me in the game, and I know you probably saw this in my notes, just watching it back, the, the, the Bengals really played to stop the intermediate pass game, right? You saw that in my notes where yeah. it was like, they got to do a little more to, like, attack them and push the ball down the field a little bit. He had two blades down the field to Valdez Scantling. Tight man-to-man coverage, but man, I, there was so many snaps where I want to be like, I don't, I've never seen people play the Chiefs like this. I mean, the safe, both safeties are at nine yards, twelve yards, and they were kind of playing like you know how I always talk about. You got to take some risks every now and then, calculate a risk. They were in certain situations going like, ah, this isn't a down. They throw it deep. They're going to try to get the eight or ten yard completion, and they played to stop that. But if you called some plays to go down the field, I would have gone, ooh, I would like to see how they're going to defend that and how that was going to look. Yeah. Right? And I, I think they got to do some of that here in this football game too. You know, block it up, send some shots down the field. Don't let the Bengals, you know, crowd the areas that they normally like to attack, you know, on a consistent basis. I mean, you look at the numbers. The Chiefs aren't an offense necessarily that goes deep down the field. I know. Completed air yards per attempt. Exactly. Patrick Mahomes is one of the lower quarterbacks in the NFL. It's been one of the weaknesses we've talked about his game this year. And I, I think this is, you know, again, you always kind of play your kryptonites. This is a game here this week where uh, he's going to have to hit a handful of these or they're going to be in a, a real dogfight and offense will be tough sledding if they let the, the Bengals play that way once again. I think we have another graphic that backs up your point. Wow. Well done, uh, team here, Gabby and uh, Kristen and Morgan and Pete. So this is it. Uh, yeah. Ten or more yards downfield first half. Patrick Mahomes just one of five, 15 yards. Average time to throw four seconds, which is an eternity. Yeah. Um, so they had some time there. Second half it was much better. Three of four, 86 yards. That's a key. They got to hit some of the – they got to get the Bengals out of just crowding the line of scrimmage. They, they got to. They do. And it, it's not that they crowd the line of scrimmage, but they crowd the – Intermediate. The Juju Kelsey area, yes. right? You yeah. know, where we see Ooh. them work, right? That's where they crowd it. And they're just always ready for that little element of, oh, this guy, they might cross or the fake the cross and come back out or fake the cross, come back out. And then there's a there's a 10 yard in cut behind it. Right. That's where the Chiefs get you. And that's where they went a few times and just said, no, we're going to play those areas because 
We haven't seen them throw the ball a ton deep down the field outside the numbers this year and do that. And that's where the Bengals are are scary because they will take some calculated risks through their study. And uh, it's, it's I would expect them to do you know some of that stuff once again. Dirty Monkey four four three wants a little clarification. And yeah. when Dirty Monkey wants something, hey, we I don't mess it. with Dirty Monkeys. Please break down how good Mahomes has been from the pocket this year and what we should be able to do against the Bengals. We've kind of touched on this already, but yeah. you have said it a couple times. Like, yeah. He's better from the pocket. Like, What have you noticed specifically? Well, one, he's true to his reads and patient. Mm. Uh, I think that's the big thing. And Andy Reid even said this to me in my interview with him last Thursday. He just gonna, he's, he's found the check down. He's comfortable with the check down. You know, and what he just means by that is the underneath route. You know, he got fixated, I think, back to the Super Bowl loss of the Bucks early part of last year with just, I'm big play Mahomes and we're going to push it. And, man, it was just two years ago I was throwing 50 touchdown passes and bombs all over the field, right? Yeah. So I think that's where he's gotten better one, is just being patient, going through the reads, letting the system work for him is how I said it with Andy Reid, right? And then the other thing, too, within that, just that specific point, is – the mechanics of how he works the pocket, not only by, like, Dirty Monkey. This is a great question by you, by the way. It, it, not only because we haven't really dove into it. Not only yeah. it just ha- working the pocket like, hey, we know he's a magic getting out of the pocket and all that. But we had moments last year where we broke down and went, like, the, Orlando Brown got a pressure grade here. This is He protected perfect. Patrick just shuffled back into the guy to where the guy never had to turn the corner. He could just run straight up field. And he's like, I'll meet him 12 yards back there. I mean, no tackle can protect that, yeah. right? So Mahomes got better in that department, stepping up, finding that soft spot like Burrow and Brady are so amazing at, right? And then within that nuance, also staying in throwing positions where, like, you know, I, I feel like if you went back to year one of him starting, year two, and even year three, you'd see him maybe do some of those things. But, like, he'd just throw balls like, ah, it's, I'm in the backyard. Let me just swing it over here. Now he only does that when he has to. If you really broke down the plays where, oh, he moved in the pocket the right way and he's got a little time, he stays everything in line. And his front shoulder's tucked underneath his chin. Mm. And even watching him in warm-ups and throughout the year, how many times have I told you just the quality of the football, Right. It's because of the mechanics and all that. He's making all the six and eight yard, ten throws very catchable, perfect spirals on the money. So, dirty monkey, that was a very good question, and I don't think we've ever really explained that. And that's what I mean by like being in good in the pocket. Patrick Mahomes, what we do know is we'll be looking for Travis Kelsey in the game. You know uh, it. Bengals did a pretty good job yeah. in Week 13. I think it was just what like four catches for 50 some yards. Stripped them on a huge moment in the game where they had a control of the game. That's right. And you're going, uh oh, the Chiefs right. got a chance here to kind of put the Bengals in a tough spot looked like they had the momentum and I believe it was Jermaine Pratt who stripped the ball out of his hands so what do you think Anaroma does uh effectively against him and what do you think he does in this game you noted that Trey Flowers was on him a handful of times right. now, Trey Flowers missed the Buffalo game with a hamstring injury um he only played a few snaps in that one but he seems to be uh, the guy on Kelsey quite a bit they blitzed him a couple times um when it was a Kelsey play yeah yeah what do, what do you think the Bengals do here I, just, I, I don't think their formula is going to change a ton. I think they'll have certain situations where they'll do, they'll bracket a Kelsey, right? They'll have a few situations where I think, like, we'll hear what you, you know, it's third and nine. Oh, this is Kelsey time. Hey, let's play zone. We all know where 87 is, but let's put one guy on him. So it disrupts his release, all of that. 
And then when Mahomes does spread out the zone and looks us all off, there, there is no zone. There's a guy there, let alone we're aware of where he is anyways within that zone. I, I think it's not going to be too far from what we've seen. You know, to me, the big thing is in this matchup, and where Kansas, I mean, uh, they're, they're cool, Cincinnati. They always have another, they always have an interesting wrinkle almost every game in a big game mm. where you just go, oh, I've never seen them do that. Or I haven't seen them do that in a few weeks, and they didn't do it in the first half, and they broke it out in the third quarter, right? Mm-hmm. That's where they're different. We talked like, we talked, I think, about it, the Ravens game a few weeks ago. Ravens game, the first half, they were kind of playing bare fronts, five-man fronts, doing all this stuff. Second half, they went, oh, we, we know how you're going to – we think you're going to like kind of attack how we lined up in the first half, so we're going to line up differently in the second half. So you're game planning at first half to go, oh, we got to get to these runs because they're playing like this. Now you're going, oh, shit, they're not playing like that. Oh, we got to get back to these plays. That's where he's good, too, is kind of staying at the herd and just giving you one little thing to go, you didn't game plan for this or you haven't seen this in two and a half quarters, and now it's here, and now you've got to make an adjustment to that, too. He's awesome. Lou's amazing. Lou's a big game defensive coordinator coach. He's shown it. As we're all learning here. Yep. Right, exactly. Dax Hill could play a bigger part if that, Trey Flowers can That maybe go. is the guy. I think you're, I was going to go there. Maybe him or Jesse Bates. I could see one of those guys, you know, Dax Hill makes sense. Uh, he could be that guy. He's a safety-like, physical, Stepped not up real last big. Week. He Dawson did, Knox. and he's got player. He's he's a player. Yeah. So yeah, I, you're right. I think that could be the guy if Tra- if Flowers doesn't go. Is there anything else we learned about the Bengals D more recently, specifically in the game last week against the Bills? Because uh, I think when you looked at tape, you were just as impressed with uh, the Bengals as you have been all season long. I mean, you've been singing their praises, but. You said that the defensive tackles were not moved by the Bills in the run game. The edge guys could not be blocked by the Bills. It just, every time, you know, there was a few plays in the game where you went, oh, Allen's going to have something here because it didn't happen much. But it's like almost every time he dropped back to pass, somebody lost the one-on-one matchup. That, That was what was disappointing. You know, and you forget about guys like Joseph Asai, who they throw in there on third downs and stuff too. And then you go, damn, him, Henderson, Hubbard, holy crap. It becomes a hard group to block. You know, but yeah, they're just, you know, the group up front doesn't get the credit it deserves because there's no, you know, like Nick Bosa or Micah Parsons, right? Right. But damn, there's a lot of good. The two fucking linebackers are amazing, right? They really are. Pratt and Wilson do not get the credit they deserve. Um, You know, and then uh, their breakdowns are just, I think, special. Like we're going back to Lou. Their breakdowns are special. As far as they always seem to take away your meat and potato pass plays, which they did against the Bills, too. And then, you know, they're rare in that they're amazingly coached in zone, and they're really damn good in man, too. You know, they're probably better in zone than man, but when they play man, you still go, damn, it's, uh, they're, oof, that's a good group right there. You know, Hilton, Eli Apple. Cam Taylor Britt, and you go, oh, damn. I mean, no, nobody's like ever outmatched. You know, you go, ooh, they have an advantage, but they're not like you're like, oh, gosh, they're in deep shit, right? You know, not like we were when they saw Jamar Chase man to man against the Bills a few times, where like even Romo made a joke. It's like, oh, he's just man to man. They just throw it. Have you ever seen a guy just run guy, run past people like that? Yeah. And like the Bills had to hold them, right? You know, so they don't have like anything that they have to worry that way. I think. I think I hit it all. Yep. I don't know if there's anything no, there that you it. saw in my notes. Um, you know, they, they're they going to pick their points to, to double and, and do that stuff. But, 
you know, as you saw at the end of my notes too, Bengals always seem to unveil different blitz or some different look in the second halves. Bill, Bill's never gotten rhythm the whole game, and you know they never made a play. DNs push the pocket, outside arm free, all the things you heard me say already. So, yep. yeah, I think we kind of hit it all. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So let's switch over to the other side of the ball. Chiefs defense, which has come along really well. Big time. I think this game might have been another landmark moment for their defense, too. How so? I think between what we said on the offense, and I think they came away and go, wait, if we play these guys again, we got to even be better at running the football. We can't let them play all these crazy coverages and just play pass defense against us all the time. And I think this side of the ball taught them – we have to expand our package here in this one, too. We kind of hit on this in week 13, mm-hmm. but I feel like this was the moment where they started to go, okay, hey, rookie guys, younger guys, we got to go to the next section of the playbook. So Steve Spagnuolo Take the training and wheels defense off. Right. is different than they were week 13. Definitely. Better for one. You know, Guys like Karlaftis, I feel like, are better now. Uh, but the big thing is I think there's more trust within their secondary and them knowing – the full scope of the playbook to where they've gone into the little bit more of an advanced stage. My issue with them in this game, the first time around, if you remember, was more of like, hey, I love Kansas City, their disguises, all that, right? I like some of their stud playmakers. But for a guy like Joe Burrow, he was like, wait, it's all out blitz, said Hut, or it's show a crazy look, set Hut, drop to two deep, right? And that's just not enough for Joe Burrow. It's not enough. We learned that last week. Mm-hmm. He's just, oh, okay, okay, blue at eight, blue at eight. said, oh, I saw the safety that was down here looking like he's in a blitz. He's, he's going to two. It does seem like he, like, immediately diagnoses He's defenses. amazing. He's, he's great. He's, he, that's where he's, you know, he's just, he's scary, surgical, killer, whatever you want to say. But, yes, he does it with his physical ability, and his mind is – you know, a very high-level mind, too, to where he gets all the context clues together in a hurry and gets the team in the right play or goes to the right place with the, the ball. And that, to me, is where that's got to change. Like, they're showing looks where you're going, oh, it's run defense, it's run defense. But he gets a little clue to go, uh, 
It's not. They're going to drop to Tampa, too. He's, they'd run the ball. Even though before the snap, it said nothing looked like run the ball. But he knew. And then they run for eight yards, right? Uh, so that, to me, is where it's got to change a little bit. And it has changed. And if it doesn't change and they don't mix up looks a little bit like we just talked about Cincinnati doing to Mahomes in Kansas City, right. then they're going to be at home and watching the Bengals in the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. Well, here's where it might not matter, though. Yeah. Because if the Bengals can run the ball like they did last time against Uh-oh, the Chiefs, it's amazing. you might have no choice. I know. 152 yards. This is when P. Ryan was in there. 21 yeah. carries, 106 yards. So if they can do that again, I mean, it kind of doesn't matter what you do if you're Steve Spagnuolo. No, right? it, it's, that would be an absolute disaster. Now, I think within these defenses I'm talking about, it's actually going to help that department out. That, that, that was one of my points, too. Yeah. Because if you're always going to, hey, it's all a blitz, okay, and then the other plays are covered, too. They're these great run looks all the time. So to where I go, wait, if you, let's play some more aggressive defenses. Like we just talked about with Lou Anaruma, let's take a few calculated chances where you go, okay, wait, if they call this play, yep, we might give a 20-yard gain, but I'm going to bet they call the nine other plays I'm thinking of here, mm-hmm. and we're going to be good, right? So that – and then within those plays, I think you're going to have some people, more people at the line of scrimmage, a little more chaos at the line of scrimmage. That was my big overview of the whole thing. It just is – too easy, and there's got to be a little bit more of that. And then, to, Alma, to your point, and I mean, that's really the number one thing. I, are they going to do what they did again last week? This Chiefs D-line is better than the Bills D-line. But, like, I, I still am watching back of that going, damn, three backups, and they just – it was just fucking mauling the Bills. No, you don't even – you can't even name a guy on the Bills defensive line that made a play or a tackle the whole game. You said Ed Oliver was maybe the only guy that was – Right, you saw the my notes. Yeah. The only guy that showed up, got off blocks, was almost made a tackle, made a little disruption. Other than that, I mean, it was like, who played defense for the Bills in the, on the defensive line? Did anybody play in the game? Yeah. And uh, But Chris Jones, as we know, and Carl Aftis and Nottie and Frank Clark are – they're a different group. So that was the assignment that I gave you yeah. in our text thread. I wanted you to figure out how the Chiefs, or I'm sorry, the Bengals offensive line yeah. did that. And you just mentioned it, maybe the Bills, some of those guys. You know, when we talked about it when Vaughn Miller yeah. went down, we're right. like, all right, now it's time for some of those other guys to step up. Now we have the whole season's work. And yeah. Not any of those guys really stepped up no. to fill those, those no. shoes. So now it is a step up. You got Chris Jones. You got a, you got a better defensive line. The Bills were compromised. That's the biggest thing to answer your question. Yeah. I think we're where you're going here. So was it more Bills when yeah. you look back at the tape, or was it still the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line surprisingly coming together with some backups? I, I think it's it's a little it's both yeah. there. I, it's it's the it's the Bengals all the way. The Bengals blocked great. They did great. Yeah, definitely. But they had the Bills in the bind of where I don't think they can put the Chiefs quite in this bind, and this goes back to what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. The Bills knew they couldn't play man. They knew it. So they always had to worry about, we got to keep the safeties deep. You know, we got to play zones because if we, any of our corners are man-to-man on Jamar Chase, like the play we just talked about, Romo was talking about, I mean, he, it was gone. It was yeah. like they, the, you, you could watch tape and go, they have no chance of covering Jamar Chase, like none, right? So first off, Kansas City's got some dudes out for, outside that can run and cover, that they can trust a little bit. But because of that and that element of they had to worry about that so much they couldn't ever really go all in on the run or if they went all in on the run they were going to be absolutely screwed in the pass game and then they're such a nickel football team and because they're such a zone team 
it goes back to our conversation we had on Monday a little bit. Cincinnati, once they have a feel for how you play, it's not like, oh, wow, these are the greatest plays ever, but it's like these are the right plays versus this defense. These would be the first eight or ten core plays you'd put in to go, I want to screw this defense over. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe a few weeks later you go, hey, now let's make a little tweak and really screw them over, right? So, But they always get to that. And they, made, they did some things, Ahmed. Yeah, they took the bills out of what they wanted to do. Like here's one great example, right? Two receivers to the left, tight end to the right, receiver to the right, right? The nickelback goes to the two-receiver side, right? That's the passing strength. Sure. So that's over there. The Bills, their adjustment when you now, let's say that slot guy was Jamar Chase. Now he runs across the formation, whether it's motion or they make it look like a speed sweep. Instead of trying to get everybody, hey, Teron Johnson, get all the way on the other side of the formation and let's switch everybody around, what they would do is just go, wait, our two backers are in the middle, kick out, and now Teron Johnson plays the weak side backer spot. Hmm. So maybe he switched spots now with, let's just say it was Edmonds at weak linebacker, Milano at strong linebacker. Now that motion happens, Milano at nickelback, Edmonds at strong linebacker, Mm. Teron Johnson now playing the weak side gap, and oh no, here comes a 300-pound guard coming at me, right? So they did stuff like that, again, back into they knew kind of what they were going to do and how to feel, and then just got to their core plays and started to expose it. I I didn't mean to go down that list. No, 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 I like Hopefully that that explained it. Um, I like that. Um, I like this matchup because a lot of people are going to make it about the two quarterbacks, and we do too. We love these two quarterbacks. It's a great chess match here. But it's like the defenses are going to make it very difficult on either of these quarterbacks. Uh, We got a question here from Rick Kennedy. says, I keep hearing that the Chiefs have led late in all three losses versus the Bengals. Thus, they can easily win this game. But doesn't the fact that they can't hold a lead versus this team tell you something as well? So, yeah. so Pete notes here, Chiefs led by two touchdowns in 2021. Week 17, they led 21-3 to in the AFC Championship game. I, rem- I don't remember it was that significant. 21-3 to and had the ball on the two-yard line on what second and goal from the two and didn't come away with any points. And don't forget that at halftime, remember? Led by a touchdown in week 13. So, yeah, they've had some significant leads in these games. So, yeah, what, what do you make of that? Anything? <sighs> Uh, you know, no, it, it's two great teams. It's come down to a play here, a play there. It's been so close. It speaks to how even they are, right? They're Either team can very... score two or three in a row, and you wouldn't be surprised if it was the Chiefs or the Bengals. Exactly right. I mean, you're even like the Week 13 game, the Bengals are controlling. You're going, oh, well, they're going to control the game and kind of put them in a really tough spot here. Oh, the Chiefs made a play. Whoa. And then, if, like, here we are. I'm watching the film 10 minutes later going, holy shit, the Chiefs have a chance to put them in a hard spot here to where they're not going to be able to come back. And then the Bengals make a play. And then you're going, okay, we're back to even again. It's just these are two teams that, like, have tremendous self-belief they're led by quarterbacks who back down to nobody and I think that's what you see from their team and I think the biggest thing too and I think a little bit of this goes into what I'm talking about what we're hitting on our main thing here the Chiefs can't get the lead and then go back to Simpleville Mm. they did that in week 13 they were down 14 to 3 we're going to show some of these plays on social after right Mm -hmm. they were 14 to 3 all right the first two drives are everything we talked about it was either like an all-out blitz or it was covered two. And it was mainly covered two. And they just boom, 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 right down the field. Oh, shit, we're down 14-3. to three. We can't do that anymore. They started to do some more exotic things on defense. Whoa, let's double chase. Let's do this. Let's blitz a guy, have a guy drop out, blah, blah, blah. 
and they got off the field, three and out, right? And then they came back, and they got the lead, and they were up 17-14, to 14, and they went, let's go back to that defense that we were down 14-3 to three with, right? You get conservative, let's all have a big play, right? Which I understand. But they're going to have to find the blend of that. Because if you go back, I don't give a shit if you're up 10 or 14, and you go back to that, Joey fucking cool is going to take his offense down the field in a cool way, and you're going to lose the damn game. So they better do something. As we talk about with the Bengals, the Bengals would not sit back and just go, oh, we're up by 10, we're just going to play cover two on Patrick Mahomes. He would still change it up and do different things. And that's where he's got to learn the calculated risk, take a few chances, do some things that are a little creative that way. You want to do two stats and a lie on these defenses? Ooh, Since damn. we've been talking about these defenses so much, damn. might as well quiz you midway through your breakdown. I love that we're giving breakdown. the Ds. Like, we're giving D here. Like, well, I, I kind of think it's a weekend of the defenses. I, I would agree with you there. Even though these quarterbacks are huge stories, and yeah. Brock Purdy, it's awesome. He's right. done. Jalen Hurts, a great MVP-type year, and uh, the two quarterbacks in this game. I do think it kind of hinges on the defenses. All right, you ready? Yeah. Uh, wait, one more thing before well, you get there. Before even the two stats and a nah, lie. Fine. Okay. We'll go We're not done that. with just, this game yet. Okay. Not, good. We're not done. Okay. Good. I'm I not. Just, I'm not going to the next game yet. Trust cool. me. I would not do that to you when we have more to discuss. <laughs> but I just thought it might be good to kind of like uh, take a take a pause, quiz your knowledge, <laughs> see how you do. Uh, so this is on the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bengals defenses. Two stats and a lie. Two of these are true. One is not true. You ready? Yep. The Chiefs are better in terms of yards per play. The Chiefs are better in terms of sacks per dropback. And the Chiefs are better in terms of interceptions per pass. So these are all regular season. The Chiefs uh, seem to have the edge here. So here, Chiefs got more sacks. I know that. Correct. Right. Correct. The The Bengals are a team that would prove to you that sacks are overrated. Chiefs were fifth. In the league, yeah, nine percent of the time they were getting a sack. Where were the Bengals? Twenty nine. I was going to say bottom ten. I thought right. Yeah. They're a team that again, pressure, you know, complexity, illusion is what they use to pressure the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so man, I know the the Bengals defense is ranked ahead of the Chiefs in total yards, mm. but. I don't necessarily know if they're going to be ahead of them. Okay, no. I think the the lie is Casey is better in interceptions per pass. Correct. Yes. Correct. They were 25th in the NFL and taking passes away from the other quarterback. The Bengals, you know, were mid-pack, just 15th in the NFL. Okay, right. Which is, I, I found all these interesting, right? Because the Chiefs, you know, have the advantage here. Because we've been talking up the Bengals' defense. Some of the numbers don't indicate how, how good this Bengals' defense is. And I don't know, maybe they've you gotten better. the Chiefs' D or Bengals? Uh, Bengals' oh, yeah, D. they're both. I know, I, I agree. I don't think it is either. They're yards one per of these play, teams. You were right on yards per play. Okay. The Chiefs were 8th in the NFL this year on yards per play. Five yards per play. Uh, Bengals 15th in the NFL. So mid-pack. A lot of the numbers indicate that Bengals were a mid-tier defense, which really is not the case when you watch the film and when you see them uh, play these games. No, I I think, again, that's where, you know, they're a little bit of uh, a – they're they're made for the playoffs. And the fact that, you know, the little extra creativity from the coaches, they got that within them. Right. You know, and they know how to go all in on a game plan where, you know, maybe you can't quite go all that way in in the regular season or all that. You know, just all uh, it is interesting. It is. Um, and, and I also think sometimes these stats are, stats are skewed a little bit just because 
teams weren't themselves early on in the year, right? Totally. They were missing DJ Reader for 10 weeks, right? That's a huge deal. Yep. So some of that as well. And, and uh, Kansas City, you know, again, I, I thought as the year went on, played better and better on that side of the ball. Now you could, so if you wanted to use some of those numbers, and, and you're right, I wish I could look at the last five weeks or something. I think that would be interesting because yeah. I bet the Bengals would, be, would right. be up there. But some people could make the case that maybe we're overhyping the Bengals a bit. Aaron J. Richmond wants to make that case. He right. goes, should we pump the brakes on the runaway Bengals hype? They barely beat the Chiefs in Cincy, took a missed field goal and a Kelsey fumble, yep. and almost lost to the Bucks, Patriots, and Ravens <laughs> in the last month. Perhaps the Bengals just matched up really well with Buffalo. Well, I, I don't disagree with what he's saying there. You know, again, it's, 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 I understand what he's saying across the board. It's, it's not easy. You know, it, it's 10 games in a row. They didn't do it by luck. Okay. It's not easy to blow out teams in football. They're not a team that really cares to blow teams out too. That's the other thing where they're beautiful that way. Yeah. They just play to win the game. They don't care about, that's why they're cool too. You know, we're here talking about Burrow like he's lighting up the world with stats here. And I'm like, it's 200 yards last week and 243 this week, right? But they just, the big plays, big moments, do what we got to do to win the game. And then they come away and we go, man, he's amazing. He's unbelievable, right? Which he is. I know that. But they, they, they're not into like, we're definitely just going to come out and stick a dagger in you and we're going to have 400 yards off. They don't play that way. They're a ball-controlled passing offense but that's what also makes them they match up with everybody even when they're mismatched they kind of still match up that's the beauty of their team too and sometimes when you're built that way it's hard to blow out teams teams that blow out teams are usually they have like a such a distinct advantage over another team in one area yeah Uh, they're kind of built evenly throughout and I think that's what's impressive about them but that's like to to the point here of you know well, it's because he's a valid question, and I understand that. But also, too, to the question, I want to go, yeah, but they won three times in a row, and nobody has done that to the Chiefs and, and Mahomes. Nobody. And it's personal now. I can guarantee it's freaking personal. And, like, to play the game of what we were just talking about with the Chiefs' defense of, hey, we'll just we'll play smart and sound on defense and – We'll we'll try to be more patient with them, and one of our guys will make a play. And that's what the last 10 teams have said against the Bengals. There's been 10 in a row that have all said the same thing. We'll just play not to let Jamar Chase have a big play, and we'll wait till they make a mistake. Oh, wait, fucking Burroughs 27 for 32 in the fourth quarter, and he's made no mistakes. We're going to lose. No shit? No shit. That's where it's got to – you got to. And that's where Kansas City has got to do that this week. They gotta have some crazy zone blitzes, you know. Play some man. They got guys that can play man against this group. I'm don't live in man. If you live in man, you're gonna you know be dead in the grave somewhere. But they can do it, and that's where the point is here to the question. And that's something that people haven't disrupted with that Bengals offense as of yet, especially here as of late. Yeah, Pete notes their high stakes here. We didn't know it was gonna be that serious, but. Uh... Yeah, yeah, the the Graves could come out for uh, <laughs> either of the teams if they uh, have the wrong defensive alignment. Uh, so I, I think that I've looked through all your notes here. Yeah, I feel like I don't think we've we need to Columbo anything. No, here. I think I think we hit it all. I think we hit it all. And and um, you know, I, I hear here's the, with the man oh, right. Okay, okay. That's the last thing because I, I was going there just a second ago. Yeah. Okay, with the man too. 
I'd like to see them play more specific matchup, man. You know, they're a the little Chiefs. bit. Yeah, they're a little bit like, hey, whatever receiver comes to my side, if they're in man, they just go, we cover them. Okay. I would go more like put McDuffie on chase mm. or or the guy you feel like is the best at turning and running and playing the back shoulder. Yep. Whether that's, you know, Williams 23 or Watson 25, whatever. You put him on chase. Find specific matchups exactly, right? Like we've seen the Patriots do for years. Oh, wait, big corner plays big receiver. Oh, this guy's jitterbug corner. He'll play their jitterbug, right? That's to me where they got to go. You know, Legeria Sneed should play Tyler Boyd every time. It's a, like, man-to-man situation. You know, whoever's the more physical one they deem better as far as the big corners I just talked about, 23 or 35. They're both 6'3 and, like, 190. Whoever's more physical, you got T. Higgins. And now the other guy's got Chase. Like, to me, that's another aspect that, you know, play to your guys' strengths a little bit as far as who they cover and who they cover best. Don't just go, hey, it's man, and whoever comes to your side, you know, come out there. Free advice on the Chris uh, Unbuttoned podcast as we're going to turn our attention to the NFC. But first... We'll take a musical break, and we'll hand out a couple of elephant awards. Yes! Woo! Woo! It's that time. Big butts, and we cannot lie. The big butt of the week. Oh. Time to give some love to these Woo! big guys. Some it, touches. It's a couple sacks, forced <laughs> fumble. He's a butt-ting superstar. Woo! Give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheek. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. Woo! You know, a lot of times we like to give credit to the under-the-radar guys, but we're in the playoffs now, and it's all the studs who are playing, so we really can't do that. There's nobody under that. the radar. That's we right. shouldn't We do just that. go who deserves it right Exactly. Now. We right. give it to the person, whether they're a big name or not, right. and we got two big names that won the awards well, this I'm week. I'm mad at you. Our first is, you're mad at me? I said I'm not mad at you. Oh, okay, you're no. not mad at me. I was going to say. Chris Jones yeah. gets the defensive tackle Big Butt of the Week award in the divisional round. He had six pressures, the most for defensive tackles this week. A couple quarterback hits, four hurries, several double teams that freed up his teammates, I think, and they made some highlight plays. They made sure they were going to not let him totally ruin the game. So that's a good one by you there. And uh, he said on the rematch with the Bengals, so he's already thinking ahead here, he goes, I missed some of the biggest plays of the game last year in the AFC Championship game, the Joe Burrow sack. I used that as motivation the whole offseason. I feel like I would have made those plays. The game would have been different if I would have made those plays. And so he is angry coming into this game. I, I mean, it's not rare where you have the Chiefs feeling like they're the underdog. underdog. Oh, that's true. It's a new role for them. I mean, they are the underdog, right? They, they are. So I know. They're officially the underdog, right? That's, where it's, that's what I mean. Oh, they can do the nobody believed in us Well, thing. they can definitely – they're going to be pissed yeah. at that group. They, they just – they got too much pride, and they got too many ballers who love football. You know, that's the one thing you know. And I think between that, what you just said, and last year's AFC Championship game – and then week 13 and Samaji P. Ryan running for 120 yeah. yards, like you're going to see the Kansas City Chiefs give their best effort. Now, again, too, what they got to do a little bit is like we talked about, they got to help them out a little bit. It can't just be, hey, four man line, we're playing cover two, and we want you four guys to stop the six guys that are blocking you and not let the running back get yardage, right? That's not realistic anymore. Yeah. That's cool against shit team in week seven, not cool in the championship game against the Bengals. That's where, again, I get into the defensive variety and things like that to help some of these guys make some plays and get some disruption. I have no idea who you're going to pick in that one. I don't, I don't get a feel on your lean. I got a lean, 
You do have. I a do lean. have a lean. I'm not going to tell you though. And it, it, I mean, yeah, I'm, this is this is we're on the fence. My butt crack is on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> There's some spokes that are in places that are making me uncomfortable. Okay, well, we're perfect I'm not time sure to talk to about it in the Big Butt of the Week Awards. <laughs> if you have just joined this podcast right now, we apologize uh, for the Edge Big Butt of the Week. Yeah, uh, a losing player. Which we, we don't care. You, you win care. or lose. If you play well, you yeah. earn the award. Best edge guy I saw this week. Micah Parsons. Yeah. A loser against the uh, 49er. He's not, a, not, he's not a personal loser, but they did <laughs> lose the game. Uh, and I did see some people on Twitter, which is always a good place to go, not to get angry, uh, that were like, oh, Micah Parsons didn't show up. No sacks. Four tackles. Where was he? <laughs> well, he had eight pressures. He had seven quarterback hurries, most for an edge this week. And uh, he played 66 snaps, which was tied for the most of an edge guy with your guy, Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Cool. Um, and he threw uh, Mike McGlinchey horizontal. Hey, that, that could have clinched it right there for him. He was phenomenal in the football game. Phenomenal. What did I say to you? I mean, yeah, this is Reggie White <laughs> shit. And this is, this is not Reggie White. Reggie White was 6'3", 320. Michael Parsons is, what, 6'2", 250? I mean that that's what's amazing. I, I I'm I'm I every week watch him in amazement and go where does his power come from? Mm. Like I, I it's just un, he's got the strength of a 290 pound man. I mean yeah, and he Pete's saying from his butt he does. I mean his 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 explosion is the number one thing because he just gets people leaning because you're so worried about his speed that it causes problems. Um, but man, I mean like I was telling you before the podcast, right? Watching that game back. I mean, that was one of the things that I was impressed by. Dallas didn't sell out to stop the run as much as I thought watching Ooh, the film. All right. You know, Michael Parsons and the group up front, they fucking played awesome. And Michael Parsons was all over Brock Purdy. And to what we said on Monday, like I have no doubt after watching the film back, the 49ers played conservative because they were like, we can't block these freaking guys up front. Oh. If we drop back too many times – one of these freaking guys is going to make a play. And we saw them come very close a bunch of times. Well, this, so, is, this is a good place to start off our uh, yeah. NFC breakdown. But yeah. let's just put a cap on the big butt elephant trophy winners. Congratulations, Chris Jones winning it for the third time. Micah Persons, unbelievably, uh, the first time. And, oh, well done, Kristen, with the photos Way there. Way to go. A couple of tushes right there. And those tushes are finalists for the Defensive Player of the Year. So the NFL announced that they should Jones be. and Parsons, along with Nick Bosa. I love it. Multiple Big Butt of the Week award I believe winner. those were my top three in my voting. I mean, really, you could give it to any one of those I wouldn't guys. be mad at anybody. I think I made <laughs> right. Bosa one, uh, Parsons two, and I made mm. Jones three, I believe. Right, so uh, that's where I try to keep forgetting that you have a vote on all of I these. I know, isn't that crazy? Insane, but Not yeah, crazy. That's um, that's that's. Uh, I would put you up against anyone that does this for looking at film. Oh, thank you. I would, I would guarantee that no one looks at more film than thank, you do. Thank you, thank you for uh, that. I appreciate that. But yeah, I think those are clearly the three guys. I don't yeah. think there's there's anybody that was in their class this year as far as week to week just being man childs all over the field. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. I'm 
I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. So let's keep it going on this theme as the 49ers visit Philadelphia, the early game on Championship Sunday. Mehmet305 starts it off with saying this. Who do you think is going to win the war in the trenches between the Eagles and the 49ers? A game that is loaded with potential big butt award winners. Now, you just mentioned that the 49ers might have had some trouble with the Dallas Cowboys. And, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are not known for having the biggest butts on the defensive line either. You're right. But they are known to have, like, the fastest D-line and do all that, right? And I don't think the 49ers played a defense like that all year a little bit to where that was a little bit of a a shock and adjustment by them altogether, you know, but this, this, I mean, Mehmet 305, I mean, yeah. And I appreciate you. You're always a consistent questioner here. Yep. I appreciate it. it. He's right. I mean, this game, come on. Now the other game we know has got some good players and all that, but maybe a little bit more about the skill guys in the AFC. This one is about the trenches. I it just, this is unbelievable. You talk about both of these offense and defensive lines. We're talking, Two top five offenses, the top two defenses in football, and it's all based around their fronts. I mean, all of it. They just Their success on both sides of the ball is because they can dominate in those areas. So, you know, the war in the, the, the trenches, uh, it, it's hard to say who's going to win the war in the trenches. Now, here's what I'll say just right off the bat, right? Um. I don't think the game plan will be the same from the 49ers as it was last week, right? I think the 49ers realized last week, wait, Dallas, as we've talked about, it's not overly complicated. As long as we can slow down the run, we're going to be good everywhere else. And that happened. This week, you can't sit there and go, well, we can play conservative offense because our defense will hold them under 20, right? There's no guarantee of that this week. So that's to me where – you know, again, where I think they kept it simple and conservative to not let that strip sack fumble, something like that happen. This week, I think they're going to be more aggressive, knowing that, wait, we got to score points. There's no, as awesome as our defense is, I, I can't sit here and tell you that Anthony, I mean, A.J. Brown and Hurts aren't going to have a few big-time connections and they're going to have a few run plays to where – What I'm saying within that is I think the aggressiveness and the more creativity and pushing together more actually could end up making 
them have more plays on okay. offense altogether and maybe helping their own line out a little bit more to look better than what they did last week because it was so conservative. Got that it. makes sense. You know what I'm saying so there? So that might be part of yeah, it. So, yeah, right. Cheese Curd 19 has a question similar to what you're saying right here. What difference between the Eagles defense and the Cowboys defense yeah. could let them uh, hold the 49ers even more in check than the Cowboys? Anything that makes you think the 49ers will do better against the Eagles? So, yeah, what, what different challenges specifically did the Eagles present that the 49ers may either struggle with or yeah. could take advantage of? I know. Of? The, 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 the the Eagles, you know, one, you know, it's not Dan Quinn who's going to, like, know some of the rhythm of the offense and what Shanahan does. You know, I think the other thing is the Eagles are, you know, a little bit more of a variety of defense, mm. you know, again, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, you know, because, again, it's, it's you know, the variety and if Shanahan gets a little feel for, ooh, they like to do to this little variety when I get in these formations and this personnel could lead to him drawing up some big-time plays. Um, but, like, here's the difference in the challenges. One, there's just more versatility in the attack and in the front, where the Eagles can get in certain D-line fronts where you just go, oh, my gosh, they're gigantic, and you're not going to be able to run the ball on them. And Oh, and there's five of them up there, right? And then they can be in a fast defense, and then it's a four-man front and a five-man front, and it's, you know, one guy blitzing and one guy dropping. They do a lot of different things. They're different than Dallas that way. Dallas, you know the coverages you're going to get in all of that. It was just, can we stop the chaos up front? Philadelphia is not going to try to be quite as chaotic because they're going to go, we got fucking studs that we think can just win one-on-one matchups. We don't need to like create this chaos and do all of that. Uh, so that's where it's a little bit different. And, you know, Philadelphia's defense as a whole is just better than Dallas. You know, it's better. They can, they're good in zone. They're good in man. You know, overall, it's just a, it's a more expansive attack, I guess, is what I would say. I want to I want to make sure we hammer this point yeah. because I don't think I think with all the the Eagles talk, a lot of it is the offense and the offensive line and Jalen Hurts and those awesome wide receivers and Dallas Goddard and the big guys up front, you know, too, getting all those sacks for the Eagles. But you think it's it's more than just the the pressure on the quarterback for the Eagles. I think in your notes, one where you go, I love this Eagles defense. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about how how much or why you appreciate what this Eagles defense with John Gannon have done right. this year. Well, they were so conservative last year, right? That's all I complained about. Damn, quarterback just walks up the line of scrimmage and it was like, hey, it's cover four. They didn't disguise. They didn't do anything. Hey, it's cover two. Set hut. Remember when we went through, like, some of the quarterback's numbers from last year? Yeah. Right? Herbert, Brady, you know, all the guys were all like, it was like, damn, everyone's 30 of 35 for 350 and three touchdowns and no interceptions. They stopped doing that. You know, this year – it was a little too conservative early on, but there was a few wrinkles. And as the year went on, they just became more complex and more complex. And you go, damn, they do a lot of different stuff. And damn, they're good at a lot of different stuff. Hmm. And I think the, the thing is, one, a lot like Cincinnati, man or zone, they're great at both, right? You know, now where they're special is they can get there with four, but they're not always content with four. They're very good at rushing five and playing proper zone coverages behind it to protect them from big plays and doing it that way, you know. And they're great at, you know, also just like, oh, wait, it's a five-man front, and here it is. It's Fletcher Cox, and it's, uh, you know, Linvel Joseph and Hargrave, and then it's Sweat and Hassan Reddick on the edge, right? And you're shaking your head because you're going, damn, those are some good names right there, right? And um, we're not even talking about Jordan Davis, who's just getting back in the swing of things, their first-round pick. But – then they get in those fronts, and you go, shit, we can't run the ball in that group. 
And then it's, oh, wait, Hassan Riddick didn't rush, and he's dropping back now. He's in coverage. He's good at doing that. Uh, oh, wait, both guys on the edge drop. It's a three-man rush. Oh, wait, no, there's a backer that blitzed up the middle, too, so it's a four-man rush, but the two guys on the edges dropped out, and now our tackles are sitting there trying to, wait, we got to block those guys. Oh, shit, they're not coming. Now we got to readjust and try to pick up the blitzer and all that. Too late. Your quarterback's been shot and killed and dead. Right? That's the second guy that's died today yeah, here on the yeah, podcast. Right, right. It's, but well, it's, that's playoff, where, it's playoff football. It's that's playoff where football. they're good. And they're hard to get into, to me, when I study them, like a feel as far as like, oh, okay, this is what they do. This is what they're going to do. They do a great job of changing it up. You know, that's, hey, the, the, the Giants plays, big fourth down. They're down 7 nothing fourth and eight. They rush five, kind of play a cool coverage, get pressure on Daniel Jones, sat, you know, sacked, end of the drive. You know, uh, next drive, or now it's 21 nothing or 14 nothing. I can't remember one of these ass-kicking scores of the Eagles over the Giants. <laughs> now they're driving down. It's going to be the interception play, right? Yeah. It's a four-man rush. Looks simple. Oh, wait, one guy dropped, one guy blitzed. Oh, no, he's not protected. Let me throw it hot. And the DB's got a good clue of, oh, this is where they like to throw hot when he gets exposed. He breaks on it, Bradbury interception. So they got it all. And this will be, you know, I know we talked about last week being the toughest challenge for Brock Purdy yet. Mm-hmm. You know, well, here's, we're going another level up now. He got a little schooling there. It was sixth grade. Now he's going to seventh and eighth grade here, or whatever you want to say. That was senior year of high school, and now we're going to college. And it's just a different level of everything on that side of the ball. A uh, couple here on the yeah. 49ers offense, because that's, that's a tough chore for anyone. It was very tough for Daniel Jones and the Giants, but the 49ers have more talent, and so maybe there's more things they can do. Uh, Josh, right. Josh 49ers, yep. I believe he's probably a 49ers fan, <laughs> or, a, or a gold miner from back in the day. You never know. Can't assume. How can the 49ers attack the Eagles with their run game? All right, so if they say you, you, you think you have to run to win this game, that's probably true, right? They can't have a nothing. They can't be just day. be dropped. No, no, right. If okay, right. So you, got, you already made a point of how difficult that is for teams and probably the 49ers. If you're Kyle Shanahan, how are you? How are you trying to do it? Yeah, I think that. Well, I, I feel like it's going to be a game where you're going to see them living on the edge a little bit more. And what I mean by the edge, the edge run games. That to me, if the you know, if there's a. Uh, this is the Niners offensive line that's been better and better, but mm-hmm. the interior part has not been perfect all year. That's where, where I go, I, I don't know if they're just going to be able to go like they did last week. They were kind of simple and just went, said hut, ran it up the middle, okay, four yards, three yards, whatever, started to wear them down as the game went over, uh, went on. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to just do that against this group to where I just go, man, they're going to get in some of these fronts and you're, you're not going anywhere up the middle there. You're going to have to find some creative ways to kind of – you know, like we've talked about other weeks, get to C-gap, get to D-gap runs, try to get a little double team on one of those D-tackles. Somebody cuts off a linebacker at the second level, right? It's a very fast flow defense. I do think this is where his screen games and the speed sweeps and toss sweeps are all going to be really, really crucial to their success to get the Eagles just to spread out horizontally a little bit mm. to now, okay, wait, fake the run, play action, boom, there's a little hole there. You know, the Eagles can pack it in there and make it real tough and chaotic with their size and, you know, their linebackers are good too. So we've mentioned all this on how yeah. difficult it might be for the 49ers yeah. offense yeah. with Brock Purdy. I haven't really touched on how difficult it might be for the defense. The 49ers defense obviously very good. Number awesome. One. Yeah. But, it, but it's been picked apart by some teams it does, out it has. there. There have it been has. some games where you're like, oh, wow, a lot of yeah. guys are open somehow. Right. 
Uh, few and far between, but it does happen yep. to them. And the Eagles are probably going to be the best offense, most dynamic, toughest to stop, you know? Yeah. Not necessarily through the passing game. You're right game. of all of it. Yeah, you're right with all of it. Even in the passing game, shit, they're tough. You know, I know, you know, we've had our talks about Jalen Hurts. It doesn't mean he's still not damn good. And if there's opportunities to be had, he's going to hit them. He is. That's the one thing we know about him. He is, and they yeah, that's, they put the 49ers in some buy-ins. I mean, they always do, of course. And we know with the 49ers a little bit, too, is it's not the greatest cover group to where if they can get them into these, some of these situations that we've talked about in the past where, yeah, it's 3D zone, but it kind of plays like man-to-man outside. Yeah, I don't like those matchups for them, yeah. let alone the Eagles like you're talking about and like you were saying with the 49ers. They are a team that's going to understand the rules of the defense and go, wait, wait, oh, you're playing quarters? We, we got some plays for quarters, right? They're going to have some. Dallas, again, was a team that just was throwing plays at the wall. I hope this one works against that defense. I hope that one. And that just that never works against the 49ers. Like we talked about last week breaking this game down a little bit, you know, yeah. or the 49ers. You got to understand them a little. You can't just think you're going to call plays and move the ball on them. Um, and – Philadelphia has shown the ability to do that all year, let alone Philadelphia is going to put the 49ers in the greatest bind that I can think of off the top of my head. You know, the, I know the, the Raiders did this a little bit, but the greatest bind of like, oh, no, our run game's every bit as dangerous as our pass game. You know, which, which one are you going to pick? Mm. Right now, the, the 49ers are their front sevens amazing. And we're talking about two great front sevens. Those 2D tackles, like we've talked about, Bosa, the linebackers, they give them some advantages that a lot of teams don't have. And I think the first thing you talk about is the run game, right? I think the 49ers can definitely slow down the Eagles' run game. I do. They're one of the few teams in football that I actually look at and go, it, it's going to take a really good effort by the Eagles to run the ball consistently on the Niners. And I, you know, the first thing is, hey, the power, just like we talked about on Monday, Eagles are one of those teams you can just go, hey, yeah, we're running it right up the middle. You, you know it? Oh, great. Good. Yeah, Ten yards. Oh, we're running up the middle again. Eight yards. Yeah, great. Hey, up the middle one more time. Here you go. Eight yards. They can do that. They're that good, right? But not against this group. Hmm. And then you get into the quarterback design run stuff. I don't think there's anybody better suited to stop the quarterback design run than, than the 49ers. Two things give them a distinct advantage, in my opinion. The speed and athleticism of their DNs, right? Bosa, Ecuba, I mean, they, they're, they can fly. And then those linebackers again. And where, you know, teams play these read option plays different ways, I think the way the 49ers play it is going to be more correct than maybe some other teams have played it in, in the past. Um, you see a lot of teams, right, they read the defensive end, read option, yeah. right? Yeah. There's Jalen Hurts. He gets it set out. He does this. He's watching well, that, the defensive yeah. end, right? That was something when Matt Casey was over here before the pod, and he goes, hey, remember when they played the Dallas Cowboys, the Eagles? They did it to Michael Parsons. And we were Parsons. like, yeah, Micah Parsons. How are they going to block him? What are they going to do with him? Right. Well, they didn't block him. Yeah. They just optioned him. They optioned him. 49ers don't do that as much. The what do you 49ers mean? 49ers go, they'll play their four down front. Here we go, read option. I'm reading the DN. There's going to be nothing to read. Bosa's going to go, I'm going for the running back. Fuck you, running back. I'm tackling you, right? Now, when he does that, and, of course, he's unblocked, right, what happens is Fred Warner, who now is playing one of those A gaps in the middle, right, one of those gaps between the guard and the – I mean the center and the guard, one of those two, yeah. right? Well, he's going to go as soon as he sees that mesh – He's going to go, well, my defense end's going to get down there and kind of take the hole away, 
So now I can go to their hole. Hmm. And he'll and they're so fast, him and Greenlaw, that when you look at research of teams doing this, they're usually right there when the quarterback keeps it and you go, Oh shit, quarterbacks oh oh what trying to make a miss. Oh, I got no yards, right? Yeah. And that's where they're a little different that way because of their personnel and how explosive they are. Uh, they can play it a little differently than maybe a lot of teams in football. You think that's a key to that this side of the ball is those 49ers linebackers, I right? Do. Yes, yes. The 49ers linebackers will be key. The front four will be key. So they don't have to get in too many situations where we're playing man on Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown. You know, you're going to be in some of that. You're definitely going to have to be some of that. But, yeah, that to me is a little the key of the game. You know, how often can they get the 49ers into defenses that are like, oh, man, we can't even see the 49ers, what they like to do. And we've hit on this before, too, where, you know, let's say let's say it's tight end and two receivers to the right and one receiver to the left. That nickelback likes to cheat. Remember, we've talked about that before. He kind of likes to like, hey, I'm out here covering, but I'm really waiting to help in the run game. Yeah. And that's another thing that, you know, again. They can't get too overzealous with that because the Eagles have great answers to teams like that. Oh, you're, you're getting you want to you want to come in here and help with the run. Okay, here we fake with the run, and then boom, AJ Brown, who you're out over, we're going a little bubble screen, and now we got somebody blocking, and he's one on one with your safety, and you're over there going, oh gosh, I hope our guy makes the tackle, right? So this to me is going to be just like the other one, a great chess match, but maybe more of a chess match based around physicality as compared to the other one that's going to be more around the skill guys, if, if that makes sense, in the AFC. Anthony Breh. Yeah. It's Anthony Breh. Hey, what up, What Breh? up, Breh? Uh, tweets in. He goes, if the 49ers don't turn over the ball, would they still be in a good position to win with how potent the Eagles' offense is? So, I mean, maybe there's a, a thought out there, playing in Philadelphia, number one seed, on the road, rookie quarterback, that, you know, if you turn the ball over, it, game's over, you know, the, the, short field it's like what we saw last week you can't do that for the eagles but he's he's scared that even if they don't turn the ball over it's going to be very difficult for the 49ers it it is it is i mean eagles are favored eagles are at home you got a rookie quarterback you know you match up really good but uh, you know this is a game that yeah even if you don't turn it over and play flawless you could still lose that that's what's that's welcome to nfc championship football yeah that's 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 what happens you know, you can't count on that. So we'll see. Yeah, so I can't guarantee. You know, I no, I would want to say no turnovers, all that. It's, and they're still going to have to make some big plays in the game that are like outside the realm of Shanahan delivering it up, right? And I, you know, so I, I could say that I don't say that I'm not trying to even lean here either way. I don't know who I'm picking in this game yet. Yeah. It goes for the Eagles too. But, you know, do I think the Eagles in totality are better than the 49ers? Yeah, I do. I do. But I don't think there's been a team that matches up with L as well as them as the 49ers all year. They're finally playing a team that's got like the pieces to where you go, ooh, this should be interesting. Some of their normal answers where you can't be right, you know, I think this is a defense that can be right a few times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see how that plays out. We have seen Hurts go against Purdy before. I know, past. right? Oklahoma, right. Iowa State. That good old Big 12 football. Oklahoma won. Yeah, Big 12 football. The score will indicate Lots of that. defense. 42 to 41. Great game. It's back and forth game. I think we have a photo of that. Here it is. Sunday That's Night Football amazing. tweeted this out. Uh, what did they throw for? So Brock Purdy threw for 282 yards. 
That was it? I think it was more than that. Oh, okay. Oh, five I touchdowns. I, that I saw was bigger the, numbers than that. I know. I, I did, too. I guess it was in the touchdown column, five touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 273 yards, three touchdowns, uh, back-and-forth game. Probably not going to be a 83. Um, Pete notes a couple rushing touchdowns in that game. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would. I would guess is to take the under on what they did in college for this this game. And I, I do think some people out there. I mean, I can't wait to see how the the rookie handles this. How Jalen Hurts handles his biggest game as a pro. I think that's going to be fascinating. I did this little comparison uh, at home with Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo because I think there are a, a good number of of fans. And I mean, the numbers bear it out. Like right. the offense has been better. Yeah. With Brock Purdy starting now, is that yeah. because of Brock Purdy? You've made the argument that it's the running game that's really taken off, and George Kittle has taken off, and maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah, right? Brock I think Purdy so. has yeah. unlocked some things in this offense. No that doubt. Jimmy Garoppolo did not unlock. I, I don't think you're wrong by that at all. I mean, the, the biggest thing to me is like just doing exactly what Shanahan says and like something we've hit on a lot over the last two years just we don't see three or four like what the hell was he doing type yeah. of plays right that's what we so which that's one or two plays like that is a big game is a huge right, deal but I, right. I went through the numbers I was I was kind of struck by how similar Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy were and these are from the regular season here um, playoff numbers might help Purdy a little bit he tore up that the Seahawks defense, right. but he was right. that wasn't you know, the numbers weren't awesome against no. the Dallas Cowboys. But here, yeah. here's what it was in the regular season. Uh, longest completion uh, via air yards, it was the same for both of them, 44 yeah. yards downfield. Uh, air yards per attempt, it was basically the same, 6.8 for Jimmy G. Brock, 6.7. Completion percentage, I mean, almost identical, 67.2 to 67.1. The expected completion percentage, you know, that's where it's like they, yeah. you know, what the computers think you right. should do. Right. Well, they were basically the same, 69% for both of them, first and second in the NFL. I mean, that speaks to how Kyle has done in getting receivers in space because the even the computer models are being like, no, the average quarterback should complete nearly 70% of these passes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, yards after catch per completion jimmy g had the benefit uh the best in the nfl seven yards after catch per completion but brock purdy now 6.2 and so a lot of the numbers indicate that these guys are operating in this the same ballpark it, it, it's uh, that's what they are and again i i you know i, I know some people have, i've gotten some flack because you know i've said something brock purdy's really good i'm not trying to take any credit he's, away from he's him He's better than a seventh round pick a hundred percent I mean, he's showing that he's a starting quarterback in football. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just a pushback because I've, I've had some people try to tell me he's top five quarterback in the game all of a sudden. I'm like, mm -hmm. what? Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You know, they're just, come on. That's that's all I'm trying to give some people, you know, and, and, and I think, too, you know, he's doing amazing. And like we said, he's executing and doing things the right way. I do think he got the benefit of the team and the offense started to kind of come together right as he got in the game, too. Yeah. You know? They weren't running the ball all that great. And it was right around then where they started to figure out, okay, wait, this guy's our starting guard. And you know, they got healthy up front, and they became a better running football team as well. So, and again, that, that's not against him or anything. It's just the way the stars aligned a little bit that way. Uh, but as I've always said, there's great talent, and Shanahan's a magician. He's a magician. And that's what's cool, you know, about the 49ers. And that's what's cool about the Eagles. 
You know, they're not. It's not just quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. They yes. go, wait, we got a team. We're going to beat you in a lot of ways. And when our quarterback plays good, we almost become unstoppable. Yes. And that's where both of them, I think, we're ta- are doing lately. And uh, we'll see where that goes. I'm I'm so excited for this game. This to me is like, this is like. I mean, old school, late 80s, 90s NFC football. Maybe not with the you know star quarterback quite yet on both sides of the ball. But, damn, the rest of it is just like I feel like this is you know 49ers, Giants, Cowboys, 49ers. Just like studs galore everywhere. Well, that, that's what I think makes it cool yeah. is that you don't need that all-star pocket passer, quarterback, Justin Herbert, tearing teams up from right. inside the pocket. It's That's like right. you, there are many ways to win in the NFL. The Eagles yes, are showing is. one way. 49ers are showing another way with a uh, seventh-round quarterback. One more question here from Goal Line Stand 2. He goes, hey, Chris and Ahmed, what are your thoughts on Lane Johnson's performance coming off the injury? How will he fare against Bosa one-on-one? So, yeah, Lane Johnson, which was crazy, the first quarter – it looked like he was a little, like, still holding his leg. It didn't look like he was 100%. I was like, oh, there's no way he makes it through the game. I guess he made it through the game. They also had another injury on the offensive line, I think, early on. Yeah, they where lost the left Dickerson guard. had right. to come out. Dillard came in. I think Dickerson went back in. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I guess if Lane made it through last week's game, it looks pretty good for I this game, I saw what too. you saw, too, a little bit of, like, the grab of whatever there. Yeah, early but, on. I was like, ooh. But like as the game went on, I didn't I didn't notice anything. He didn't seem like he was laboring. He was dominant. I mean, the Giants, the edge guys, I, did they play? I don't know. Were they there? <laughs> uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's what I want to say to you. Yeah. They kind of just made sure they handled Dexter Lawrence, and they were like, the rest of our guys will kick your ass, and they did. Yeah. They're 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 amazing. It's the, I mean, the Niners got a big overpowering offensive line. It's not like the Eagles. Those two tackles are both like sledgehammers, and good pass protectors. And then, of course, you got Kelsey and the group you just mentioned inside. It's it's a special group. I I don't expect, you know, a ton of problems. Again, this is where, like, for the first time, the 49ers are going to have to go, oh, shit. I don't know if we can just expect our defense to end to go around the game all game long. Like, we might actually have to help them out and try to stress their protections out a little bit more and do some of that. And I, I you know... That's what's cool about this, too. Both teams, I think, can take each other out of the comfort zone a little bit to make them do some stuff they don't really want to do on a normal basis. And uh, I'm just interested to see what that is because I, I, I don't know what it is yet. I'd love mm. to sit here. I've li- I know I t- maybe told you more answers as far as what I expect from the Chiefs or the Bengals. This one's a little different in how I can see the attacks kind of playing out. I don't know where you're leaning, but maybe this will help. Bet MGM has our conference championship highest scoring team odds. Mm. And so we, we showed the odds on Monday how each team was kind of close by. I think the odds have gotten a little more separation as far as, you know, who's favored to get to the Super Bowl. But who's going to be the highest scoring team this weekend? And if you would have told me, you know, even a, a couple of weeks ago, I, I'm kind of surprised by this. The Bengals are favored to have the most points this weekend, plus 210. Then the Eagles, plus 230. Then the Chiefs, and then the 49ers. Obviously, Mahomes' injury has a lot to do with that. Yeah. 49ers going against a great Eagles defense has a lot to do with that. Right. Um, Bengals. Eagles going against a good 49ers defense. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, th- I, think they, yeah. I think the way the Bengals are playing, the way they looked last week, the, the amount of points they've put up in the three previous matchups, right, against the Chiefs, I mean – Again, um, let me see. Like last year, we had uh, – would they score in the AFC championship game? I'm going to pull it up right now. I'll, I'll beat you to it. Um, 
NFC, I mean, AFC champions, they scored 27, mm. right? This year in week 13, 27. they scored 27, right? Mm-hmm. And then last year, regular season, I'm going to look that up too, just so we have that. I hope it's 27. It's 34. Oh. Right. They won 34-31. So I think there is why you see that, you know? And then I think there is why, yeah, people are expecting that kind of high number and – and the matchup of what they've done to the Chiefs. So I, I guess when you really unpack it, you, you, you do kind of you kind of get it, especially with the NFC matchup and as good as those defenses have been. Chiefs opened as three-point favorites against yeah. the Bengals. They are now one-point underdogs. Yeah. It is the first time that Patrick Mahomes has been an underdog in the playoffs in his career. It's crazy. They're in a position that they have never been in. No one thought they would be here. It's 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 um, <laughs> and I you know. I I I I'm, I was shocked. I saw when it opened up. I was shocked that the Chiefs were favored. I want to go well, we wait on a neutral field. Everybody's healthy and good. Yeah, I would think the Bengals would get a two and a half point, you know, favorite. Let alone eighty five percent Mahomes or ninety percent of Mahomes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not shocked to see that. And then the history and the matchup and everything we've talked about. Um, and and again, like we said, the the Chiefs are going to have to do some different things. This is the first time. In the, I feel like in the Mahomes era where we found a team to go, the Chiefs actually got to change what they do. Usually teams are always going, wait, but we got to do this because we're playing the Chiefs and we got to do that. And if we don't do this, we can't beat them. This is the first time where I feel like it's, oh, no, it's on you, Chiefs. You yeah. guys got to make some adjustments here. Even if they would have had a 100% healthy Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's where it's, it's, it's intriguing. And uh, they're a special group there, and I don't put anything by them. And I think they can make the right adjustments to, to pull it off. Who would you put your dollar on? I think this is going to give away one of your picks, man. I, I know. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't. I would not bet on this. Is what I would tell oh, you. I would that's not. That's how he got out of it. No, but we, but wait for tomorrow's pod for but, the pick. But I think if you made me bet, yeah, it could be value, and it might not be who you think is. But it's like who gives you the best value too. Gosh, that is really. I'd probably still take the Bengals if you just want to make, especially if it was like, wait, it's a large sum of money, mm-hmm. and I want to be safe with it, and I don't want to lose it. Yeah, I'd probably go with the Bengals. If you're like Chris, you have to bet ten thousand on one of these. Yeah, and I go, damn, okay, I'm not going to go for the risky or the value bet or anything like that. I, I'm going to go, okay, I just I like my money, and I'll go with the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you heard it here first. If we forced Chris at gunpoint. Uh, $10,000. This is where his bet would go. The action never stops at BetMGM. Of course, we would never do that. Sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Man, so say you bet $100 on George Kittle to be the Super Bowl MVP. That would be awesome. First tight end ever to win that award. If you win, you will get $6,600. But if you lose, you will still get $100 worth of free bets. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. I'm ready. 
Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. And now. And now. We take another look at how you, the homie, has done. 816 homies. And maybe Florio a few times, right? Because we had a few Vikings... Uh, to win the <laughs> NFC Championship, and we thought that was his whole family, maybe Mike a few times. So who knows if someone voted twice, but right. we we update how you guys have done, who's right, who's wrong. Uh, the Giants uh, did not make it to the conference championship game. Uh, no homies had them in the conference championship games, and so everyone is right. Smart, smart homies. What Wait, a smart bunch of smart homies. 816 people were right that the Giants did not make the NFC championship game. Uh, Jaguars, one homie had him in the conference championship game. I want to give that homie. Hey, he deserves a little credit. A hundred percent. Pete's I mean, going to get his name. Yep. Because I, we, we were cl- they were closer than any of us Yeah, thought. you're right. He deserves credit for that one. Three uh, percent of the homies out there had the Cowboys in the conference championship game. Not that many. Yeah, I, would I actually have thought would have thought be, more. There's some right? Cowboy fans out yeah. there with some faith. Right. They've jumped off the bandwagon now. Oh, gosh. Immediately. Yes. Time for uh, a new quarterback. Change the team. <laughs> new coach. New running backs. They're all on your side. All of a <laughs> uh, Bill, 77% of you guys out there had him in the AFC Championship game, including me. Yeah, including, including me. Chris. Yep. Pete, did you have him in there? Oh, yeah, you did because Pete had him winning it all. Oh, sorry, Pete. Most of any team, 31% of you out there, most of any team had the Bills winning the whole thing. 24% had the Chiefs. That's the second highest, so... Yeah. Quarter of you out there still with a chance yeah. to win. Out of the 816 entries, none of us Gosh. picked the correct final four. I had the Chiefs, I believe, beating the Bengals in the divisional round to go to the championship game mm. and then beat the Bills. Uh, I did have the Eagles Niners. You had three of the four, and I so you are of one of 99 homies who uh, still have the Super Bowl matchup. Okay. Here too. So All you right, still cool. have that. Got a chance. So you still have a chance to get that. Your Super Bowl matchup is 49ers. Chiefs, 49ers, and I picked the Chiefs to win. Yep. And yeah. now now you have the dilemma of if you think that that is different now, like what are you going to do? I know, right? It's hard. Right? I'm going to pick well, – I'm not going to be married to my – that's the one thing I've been telling myself. I'm not gonna just going to go, be, oh, well, I picked this in you know, week zero. Yeah. And I, I No, I'm going to try to evaluate it for what we know, what we see right now. I right. can promise you that. I'm not going to worry about being right or well, wrong you know, eight months ago. I mean, it's smart to do that, right? Because if you pick opposite of what you picked earlier – then we can show either tweet. You're like, oh, wow, Chris called it like a week ago. Or, hey, Chris called it at the beginning of the year. It's like you're right either way. Oh, gosh. So then yeah. I football get uh, both tweets out and ready to go. Uh, Abraham Aquay. Aquay had the Jags losing the AFC Championship game to the Dolphins, but he had the Commanders winning it all. So, Abraham, while I was going to oh, give you credit, maybe you're just insane. We're taking it back. We're taking it back. <laughs> because of who we see you had in the other end of the Super Bowl matchup, you are crazy, Abraham. Yeah. We're, we're back to you're crazy. Okay, so, sorry. It was, you were, you were, <laughs> but a good crazy. A crazy in a good way. I, I like crazy. Better yeah. be lucky than good sometimes, right? <laughs> That's right. Do a little digging, and we give less credit to Abraham. But thanks for voting in the poll. Yes. Uh, and giving your, uh, your uh, opinion out there. Uh, we got some uh, TV watching advice oh, here at the end of the pod. Wow. Pete has just put this in here. This is from Get Into This. 
He tweeted us, never mind the Bengals, Chris. Can you and your wife please ensure you watch White Lotus from the beginning? You really would be better off watching Series 1 first. Yeah. That is all. Enjoy. Yeah, I know. I, I get into this. I appreciate the question, and you're right. There's a little saying, though, that over, uh, it overtakes what you're saying. It's called happy wife, happy life, okay? <laughs> she wanted to start with Season 2. I, st- I put on Season 1, Show 1. And then she was like, wait, this isn't Sicily. I don't, let's, she was like, I think you can just watch, you know, the, they're not connected. And I was like, okay. I mean, I just thought maybe we would start with season one and just go to season two. But yeah. now we're on to season two. So how many? They're not connected. How many seasons in are, are you? Or I mean, or how two, many we've watched shows. two shows. Two we'll shows. watch three tonight, hopefully three or four tonight. Maybe we'll get to two tonight. But Uh-oh. it is pretty good so far. I am liking it. I, I had a good feel for it. I saw it during the football season on HBO. And yeah. Like was like, oh, this show is good. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't quite get into it because it's football season. But now I'm I'm getting there. But thank you, get into this. Um, I appreciate the offer, but mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to my Sicilian wife. Yeah, and we're going to watch season two. Smarter that way, yeah. right? You can yeah. always go back and watch season one. And yeah, then, right. And then you could say to her, "See, we should have watched season one." Like you could always <laughs> hold that over. Get her into head. this, told me, honey, that we should have <laughs> watched season one first. <laughs> right, and uh, he has never led us astray. So um, uh, interesting stuff to end the pod there. And also watch Columbo on Peacock. We All wanna, right, so we wanna... where do you think I'm leaning? Huh. Don't, we're not Columbo on Peacock. You're Why? right. Sorry, I didn't mean it. Yeah. Where, where, so who are you picking? Oh. I, because we're not going to hear from you again, and we're That's wrapping true. up the pod. Who are you picking to win these I, games? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bad at predictions. But oh, oh, shut up. My gut, right. my gut is telling me Eagles beat the 49ers. Right. Uh, they just have more answers, more talent. They, they do all the things the 49ers do, but maybe just a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and I think, oof. I think the I think the Bengals win. So I think you, if Mahomes wasn't hurt, I would have picked the Chiefs. Yeah. but I think the Bengals win. Yeah, I hear you. I'm probably uh, with 75 percent of the people. It's out there. it's tough. It's it's you know I, I I hear your logic there. Yeah, Eagles, Bengals, Eagles, Bengals, Super Bowl would be cool too. It's it's just funny. Yeah, it's funny. I always find the connections funny and just how things work out in so many ways. It's just that. I mean, what is it, the 49ers and Bengals, but they're linked. Like, they played each other twice in the Super Bowl, yeah. you know, and they get close to the Super Bowl, and they're both there hovering over each other. I always kind of find it funny how those coincidences happen, and, yeah. you know, from time to time. All the montages that will run in the Super Bowl if these matchups exactly, happen. Exactly, right, right. But what I will say is, yeah. that, is that whoever loses these games, it's like I, I, I keep hearing everyone wanting to declare Brock Purdy as the starter next year. And, I'm I, like, don't get me wrong. He probably has the leg up on the whole position. But I feel like we forget every week how much one game can change opinions on yes. on a guy, right? Yeah, that, that's like exactly Dak right. Prescott in, in our ear, right? It's like all of a sudden one one game where a couple bad throws, it's like all of a sudden he's not the answer. And Daniel Jones, we saw it too. Like to think that that couldn't happen to Brock Purdy with a not not even a bad game, just a a game against a really tough defense that makes some plays against right. you. Yeah, you're gonna hear yeah all the people come up. See, this is why he can't be your starter in the future. He couldn't yeah, make those throws. It at least has to be an open competition against that epic defense yeah. that we've only seen have sacked the quarterback yeah. more than the only team ever. The '85 Bears have sacked the quarterback more. I know. Damn, you're right. You're right. I know. That's yeah, what how we quickly do. you'll hear it from? He's got to be the guy going in. Like you're hearing this week, to yeah. being like it's it should be an open competition. Yeah, right. Like right. I just keep your 
your ear out for that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I hope it's a good game. I think both games will be really good, and I'm excited. To, yeah, me too. To and it. then uh, I got to figure out who I'm going to pick tonight. I got a, good, a pretty good feel, but you're going to have to listen to my picks podcast with yep. Florio, uh, the Chrisms Unbutton PFTPM collaboration. That'll be tomorrow. We'll do that late morning. Please tune in, check that out. Subscribe, rate, review all Chrisms Unbutton things. Please do keep sending them the questions. Whether you hate me or love me, please do. We like the haters too. Yeah. I got no problem with that. I understand it's emotional. It gets personal at times. I'm not trying to get personal. I'm just trying to give you football stuff. So please don't hate me personally. Okay. All right. Peace out, everybody. Be good. Enjoy conference championship Sunday. It is going to be awesome. All right. Be responsible. Be safe. Yeah. Ahmed, have fun. Thank you. You clap too. it clap up. It up.